My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. Hey, thank you for making My Michelle Live part of your day. We brag about being woke. Have we really awakened to some of the realities that are happening around us? Enter my guest today. Absolute delight to have Cheryl Chumley with us. She's an author, an online opinion editor for the Washington Times, an award-winning journalist, more than 15 years experience covering Capitol Hill, state and local politics, and with a brand new book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. With all the chaos, you got to ask yourself, really, a plan? Because it just seems like a freaking chaotic mess to me. That's what the left wants you to think. Yeah, the left wants you to think that these things are just happening randomly, that it's this grassroots swell to change the foundations of America. But look, especially over the last couple of years of the coronavirus, but even before that, you can go back decades in America and see the progressive socialist forces at work. But certainly under the last couple of years of the coronavirus, they have sped up their strategy to cripple the Constitution and crumble America from within. And this is what we're facing. It's as though the envelope gets pushed so far that even people who are just busy with their lives or haven't noticed are going, what the heck is going on? But haven't we really seen this, Cheryl, through history, our vulnerability to propaganda? There's a billion-dollar advertising industry out there that would say, yeah, we're really susceptible to, look, if we package it, everyone will believe it. And it's not just the propaganda. It's also the plane to victimization. If I'm a victim, then I feel special. What is it about us that makes us susceptible? You make a good point when you say, haven't we seen this before? Because certainly since the founding of America, right, there have been forces out there who dislike the idea of individualism and dislike the idea of rights as they come from a creator, a higher power, and not given out by government. And so we have have seen this internal battle in America since its foundings. But what's different nowadays and what I noticed different over the last two years of covering the government's overreach to the coronavirus and its use of fear to create this mass hysteria where American citizens were just turning to government for all their solutions. What is new is the absolute hatred of one party, and I speak of the Democrat Party, toward America. This is new because even under Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton may have had policies and politics that were detestable, at least to me and to many conservatives, but he didn't hate America and he didn't actively seek to tear down the structures of this country. Barack Obama actually proclaimed that he was going to change the foundation of America. And this is exactly what he did during his eight years in office. And now what his and his allies are doing with this feckless president we have in the White House right now. We fear is a pretty good motivator. If we were to be honest, Cheryl, freedom is, well, it's scary. 
freedom is really scary because I'm on my own. I have to be accountable for my own decisions. You're absolutely right that freedom is scary, right? Because it all depends on individual choices and it depends on you have to pay the consequences for your individual choices. When you have government acting as if they're a nanny, a mother or father or caretaker, you can always turn around and blame government when things go awry. But in a country such as ours, where freedom reigns and government is only there in a subservient role, it becomes incumbent on individuals, first off, to make choices for themselves and their families, and then second off, to pay the consequences for those choices. And sometimes those consequences are negative and nobody likes dealing with that, but that's freedom. That's what this country is based upon. And we have lost, I think, our love of liberty. We have the balance, the scales of balance have tipped where we favor and want and crave safety and security more than we want individual liberty. And that's problematic for our country because that means we're moving away from the concept of individualism and much more down the road of collectivism akin to a country like China or another communist nation. And we are looking for guaranteed outcomes. This is where uh, we are suffering from the fruits of liberty and freedom. We, we have such abundance and wealth and liberty. And so we've gotten fat and, and lazy off of it. We're not working for it ourselves. And we... It's something that you said at the very beginning just rose up in me when you reminded me where rights come from. We have these inalienable rights. They're God-given rights. Government does not grant us rights. They just recognize the rights that were already given to us. We have seen that played out, as you point out, step by step in lockdown, we saw that played out during this pandemic. We certainly did. And we're seeing it played out today as we speak in Congress, our gun control bills. And the issue there is the Second Amendment only recognizes a God-given right. The Second Amendment is the founding father's way of saying that they recognized at the founding of this nation that individuals have the right to defend themselves and their families against enemies, including our own government. If our government turns into our enemies, which as founding fathers went through, they saw themselves how easy that could tip over. And so in Congress today, we have Republicans who are pretending, along with Democrats, as if they have the right to dictate who gets in this country a right to defend him or herself versus who doesn't. And this is how very slowly our nation tips from the idea of rights coming from God into a nation where we expect and demand that government decide who gets versus who doesn't get those rights. And again, it's the path away from God-given limited government down toward the path of Marxism, communism, collectivism. And that's exactly what we saw under two years of the coronavirus. The government by dictate, by the order of bureaucrats, shutting down everything from school to businesses, to even egregiously churches. You have followed and reported on and investigated matters of the state and government, both nationally and locally. 
Have you ever seen a time where there has been such a shutdown of ideas? See, I don't mind if we're talking about gun control. I believe that we have a right, but we also have a right to debate it out and to try to find solutions when we've seen mass shootings and the like. Okay, what's working? What isn't working? What are your ideas? What are you bringing to the table? And while I think that gun control is birthed out of fear, as we've talked about, you have a place at the table. Welcome. Let's talk about it. But has there ever been a time where we've seen such a denial of an exchange of ideas? It's interesting you ask that. First off, in, insofar as around the nation, other countries don't recognize the idea of their citizens having God-given rights. So we stand alone in that, and that includes the right to express freely our ideas and to oppose those in government when government brings forward ideas that we disagree with. That's all enshrined in the First Amendment. But in this country, I would say the political climate right now is more vicious than in my lifetime that I've paid attention to that I've ever seen before. And part of that, I believe, is because for the first time in American history, we are seeing lows in terms of the numbers of Americans who A, believe in God, B, go to church, or C, see any uh, link between faith and freedom. And once you remove God from a country where rights come from God, common sense says that leaves a void. And what steps into that void? Government. So this is why you're seeing the growth of government with the simultaneous secularization of America and all the problems that brings along with it. Hello. It, it just makes sense. If we were to follow out worldviews to their logical conclusion, when you teach an idea that we just evolved from goo, we're nothing more than animals. So when a another human goes in and kills a bunch of school kids, while we can look at it as heinous, if there's no ultimate right or wrong, who was right and who was wrong? Who's to say that's wrong? It's just an animal behaving like an animal. When we kill children in the most vulnerable state in the womb, and then we say it doesn't really matter, what does it matter when we kill at any other state? And I don't want to minimize how heinous these situations are, Cheryl, but I think it plays to a bigger point that we have an inconsistent worldview. But when you have a worldview based on a God model, there is consistency and there tends to be liberty and justice for all. It's Western values, right? It's the concept of Judeo-Christian principles as they play out in government. And this is why founding fathers, though, were so insistent that for America to succeed and for the democratic republic that they gave us to last any stretch of time, we needed moral virtuous people in society to serve in places of public office and representation. And the reason for that is only moral virtu virtuous people can control themselves. They can keep themselves from breaking laws because they believe in a higher power. Once you remove that moral virtuous base, you're going to have chaos because then it's 
people behave in a way that whatever they want to do, they'll do so long as they think that they can get away with it. And so this is where America's at right now, to be honest. It's the cultural degradation, the removal of godly people from society, the removal of biblical principles from all sorts of public avenues, and the ensuing chaos that we're experiencing can all be linked back to that. Sure, because what rules is the ends justify my ideas are my God, then it's not a surprise that we saw, even through these lockdowns, a kind of spin of the truth or outright lies. Lies. Yeah, the lies came fast and furious. And that was really part of the reason that I wanted to write this book, because for over two years at the Washington Times, I wrote almost daily critically about the government's deceptions with the coronavirus, beginning with Anthony Fauci, moving on to Bill Gates, and then moving on to all the Democrats who picked up the messaging from these medical bureaucrats and ran it, ran roughshod over individual rights in the various respective states. And it was all fueled, not just by fear, but fear and lies. And you could watch Anthony Fauci on CNN and then flip the station an hour later and see him on MS. SNBC saying almost the opposite of what he had just said an hour previous. And this is how the science went on a day-to-day -day basis. And we, as American citizens, were expected to just obey blindly whatever dictates the government put out that day, and worse, without question, which really goes into our foundation of free speech. We lost that under the coronavirus because those who dared to counter the government-approved narrative were immediately booted off of social media, but also Me. condemned as widely <laughs> as government, you yourself, my, I as well. The circle grows large under those who dared question the government, and we paid the price for it. Did you just roll your eyes, maybe a laugh like, what the heck, when you saw people who were absolute top of their field experts in some of these matters canceled by some basement dweller on social media that has no expertise in this and say, oh, this is false information. You're going, what the heck? Look, we going back to a, a Judeo-Christian ID, God says in the Bible, test me, try me, prove me. Come, let us reason. God's not afraid of being questioned, but my God tried to question Anthony Fauci or the like, and suddenly you are denied, canceled. Here we are. Yeah, Anthony Fauci went into that victim mode and he went on national TV and cried about the people who were attacking him. He didn't understand it and so forth. And then, of course, he made that famous proclamation that I am science. I am if science. you attack me, then you're attacking science as if he is the be all and end all of truth on all matters dealing with science. And it's funny, we talk now about dissenting opinions, but the way the media painted it for two years was that there were only a couple scientists out there who were questioning in the government narrative. There were like 15,000 or 17,000 who had signed onto this declaration and that were questioning the government's narrative on everything from stay-at-home orders and keeping kids home from school to taking these vaccines, which are really more like shots because the vaccines, the definition has changed on what that means. And so they're more like shots and ensuing endless boosters. But question the narrative and yeah, you get shut down. I'm not opposed to vaccines. I think vaccines in themselves are a glorious idea. Uh, but we'd seen the subtle shutdown in the past where adjuvants have 
cause some problems in children in particularly with allergic reactions and the like. And there's been adverse effects that VARS has been reporting for years. But you weren't allowed to talk about that when this vaccine came about and we have adverse reactions and such. We certainly aren't able to talk about it. But in talking about it, we demand something better. If they're not accountable, how do we ever advance? It seems like we we just grope in darkness and leave the thinking up to these technocrats who know better. Which is yet another red flag that arose during the last couple of years. Look, if we're not allowed to freely exchange ideas, opinions, and even data about these shots, about these vaccines, how are we supposed to feel comfortable taking them, particularly when we've seen for two years that the government has flipped and flopped and then flipped again on this truthful data and science that they said they were presenting all along? This only underscores the need in America for individual individualism to reign no, no matter what threat rears its head. The next health emergency in this country cannot take over the idea that individuals in this country have the right to determine their own health for themselves and for their families. Because to go through this again and to obey blindly when the government says to do this, do that, take this shot and that booster, that's just a peril to our freedom. And again, it goes back to my basic point. It moves us away from individualism uh, down the path more of communism and collectivism. All right. So individualism is something that we are, we prize in America, but there is a collectivism where uh, we are a community and we do have to look out for one another. And that was some of the argument that, look, if there is a dire health emergency. We're looking at being on the verge of a zompocalypse, and you almost thought that's what the coronavirus was the way they were talking about it. But nonetheless, we were preached to that you have a moral obligation to protect yourself and to protect those who are vulnerable around you. So there, there should be some balance in there between freedom and to look out for our community. The balance is to go back to founding fathers, what they insisted we need in this country. The balance is to have a moral and virtuous people, because otherwise you're going to have government dictate morality and virtue to the people, and it becomes government mandate, not individual choice. Boom, we could There's just go home. There's a very big <laughs> difference that too many Americans have allowed to be blurred by government, by Democrats in recent times, particularly under the coronavirus. There's a very big difference in doing something based on your own free will because you care for someone else. That is your Christian duty or your love for Jesus means you love humanity. And so you voluntarily do things for the betterment of someone else and government telling you that you must do something for the betterment of someone else, that it is your moral duty. The difference in this country is tremendous. Those lines may be very blurred lately, but that's the difference between God-given and government-granted. And in this country, if we have a people like they're supposed to be, who are moral and virtuous and get their marching orders, say, from biblical truths and biblical principles, we have people naturally doing for others 
as they're supposed to do in, in, in their own biblical viewpoints. You don't need government to tell them how to behave. But since we've strayed from that, we now have allowed people like Joe Biden and the Democrats to redefine what it means to be Christian and moral and more than that, even patriotic. We heard so many times Joe Biden talk about the patriotic duty is now to get the vaccines, get the shots and so forth. And in that redefining comes once again, the loss of America's foundation, the exceptional thing that makes us what we are, our rights coming from God. When we adhere to the idea that there may be a God, that he may have a master plan, that he may have given us this thing that I swear to you, you may have experienced this too while talking to people mentioning natural immunity. They say, where's your scientific proof on that? What are you talking about? As though it just has leaked out of our heads that there is such a thing that works in our favor. But Cheryl, we have come to a place in our society where wrong is right and right is wrong. Let's look at the consequences of your viewpoint. So what have we now, two years later, what can we look at and say, okay, it worked, or maybe we do need to rethink this? I, I would say rethink everything that was done. The thing that actually seems to be the light in the darkness is the fact that many parents in America were suddenly awakened to what their kids were being force fed by the socialists who have infiltrated the public school system. And in many cases in my state of Virginia, for instance, there was a backlash and a groundswell enough so that some of these Democrats that supported these horrible teachings of our nation's most vulnerable minds were booted from office. And so that could be one example of light among the darkness. But by and large, the entire two plus years of the coronavirus was horrible from the government to the media to American citizens cowing in fear. And really, the big takeaway here is that never again should American citizens allow medical bureaucrats to be in positions where they can ultimately dictate and order and mandate. Their role, their rightful role should only forevermore be to advise and recommend. And I know Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and the rest of them stood in the White House and said, I'm only here to give the best medical advisement. I don't dictate policy. But they knew full well that what they said was then carried out by the leftists in government and in media to go forward across the entire nation as policy, as dictates, because that's exactly what happened. So our medical bureaucrats, I respect the fact that our scientists and our physicians and the people at the FDA and CDC, the people who do the fine work of looking at health risks and assessing risks for America, I respect their education education and their knowledge and their expertise, but they can never be in positions again of having full reign over how policy is dictated in America. Indeed. And as Fauci said, I'm just here to advise, but we can see through email correspondence and many other things that he was suppressing other voices. That mm -hmm. healthy debate is what the Bible says is iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And when iron strikes iron, sparks can fly. But in that, there is a sharpness that comes from it. We need that today. We need these exchange of ideas. We need to not be afraid of being canceled like you, like me, and being bold enough to speak the truth. 
in our final moments together, I want to encourage those who are listening, watching, or reading to pick up Cheryl's book. You can get the link right there at My Michelle Live. Because, Cheryl, I would say the hope for America is to not be woke, but to wake the hell up and pay attention. Education is part of that. Finding out you've done the research, you've documented what we've gone through. We read your book and we go, oh, wow, look, you connect the dots. And that's really what we need. Isn't that part of the solution moving forward? It is. You have to see the field, right, in order to fight effectively. And I appreciate your kind comments and your correct assessment on what I've written in my book. And I'd also like to point out that I really look ahead, too, and show where Democrats want to take us using more fear as exploitative tool. I want to thank you so very much for your time. I've, re I've really enjoyed this conversation. And much like I enjoyed your book, you bring truth to life and you educate. And I just implore you, continue, fight the good fight. You are so appreciated and so needed. Thank you. I hope you'll join me again. I will. Thank you so much. And thank you. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.